Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. In the gym, nice bringing that intelligent perspective that takes you above the rim. From the PG, saw the whole court. Now he plays the sideline to observe a report, bringing nothing but fresh interviews while discussing high school, college, and NBA news. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. So sit back and listen, you will never forget because the Off the Glass podcast is coming up next. Welcome to the Off the Glass podcast. This is your host, Z, fan of no team, but a lover of basketball. Thanks for joining me on today's show. And real quick, before we get into the show, a couple housekeeping things. Make sure to go over to Twitter and follow me, Zach at the Off the Glass podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Zach the Off the Glass podcast. Also, check me out on the website, www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. I'm writing blogs almost weekly, sometimes daily, depending on the news and the subject matter. So make sure to check those out. You can log on to the email list there. Leave your email. That way you will have all kinds of alerts on when I'm writing and different updates and different news and things of that nature. If you want to support the podcast, the Patreon account is on the Patreon page, the Off the Glass Podcast. I definitely definitely appreciate that. And last but not least, we could be found on all the network, on the major outlets, Spreaker, Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Go back and check out the catalog with 50 episodes in. My last episode was NBA champion Sean Marion. Talked about a lot of great things, so go ahead and check that out. But today's show is going to be heavily doing with the the trade deadline that just passed this past week. And, you know, it got me to thinking all the angst that was going on with the different players, worrying where they're going to be traded, will they not be traded. And you know what it reminded me of? You know, I'm going to take you guys back real quick. It reminded me of those days in, in Chicago. We call it grammar school. You might call it middle school or junior high. And you go out for that big trial for the first time. You're trying out for the seventh grade team or the eighth grade team. You put all the work in, you're outside making sure your left hand's better, making sure your right hand's better, making sure your ball handling's sharp. You might even get a nice little new pair of shoes, possibly if you if your parents can afford them, for the big trial, and the big trial comes and you do well. And then you come to school the next day, you didn't really get any sleep, really didn't eat that bowl of cereal in the morning before you left out to head to school. And you rush down, you and your friends to that to the gym to see if your name is on that door. And for some people, their name was on that door, and for others, it wasn't. And if your name wasn't on there, that means you was traded. And then if you're, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. If your name wasn't on, that means you didn't make the team. If your name was, then obviously you was excited you made the team. And that's what the trade deadline reminded me of, of everybody waiting to see if their name was going to be on that list. And, you know, it was a lot of moves, some good, some bad. The main headline, of course, was Anthony Davis, was he going to get out of New Orleans? Was he going to get to the Lakers like he wanted? Um, and, and as we all know by now, he stayed put. 
And I said this the whole time. I never felt like New Orleans needed to make that deal just because Davis wanted to go there. That deal will be there July 1st. There's going to be more deals on the table. You can factor in some of the playoff teams coming up. The playoffs could shape a lot of things. If certain teams don't do well, they might want to make a move. They want to try to maybe add somebody like Davis who had different teams on his list. So it really made no sense for them to rush into this move. It just really did. And I didn't get the, the logic behind it, but he stayed put. Um, now the question was, was he going to – play going forward and the NBA quickly squashed that and said that if Davis was not in the lineup the Pelicans would be fined a hundred thousand dollars per game so he did play in his last game limited minutes though I think he played about 25 minutes but he still scored about 32 points and had almost 10 rebounds so had a great game and again you know the Pelicans I thought they were smart with the Lakers because with the Lakers young prospects you're going to need to meet the young prospects and four first round picks because Davis is what top four top three in the league right now I I put him four for me I think it's still in no particular order Curry Durant LeBron and then Anthony Davis is right there and then James Harden who's having a hell of a hell of a season uh Giannis is having a great season as well and he's right there then probably what Kawhi Leonard Joel Embiid etc cetera, etc cetera. so it, the package had to to me blow the Pelicans away and knocked their socks off if they was going to move Davis before the trade, line, trade deadline. It really didn't work. The plan that Rich Paul them had, it kind of backfired by trying to get it out in the, in the press. And so as of right now, until the foreseeable future, until July 1, Davis will remain a Pelican. A lot of controversy, though, around this. Um, Charles Barkley on the Inside the NBA show on TNT stated that he wanted Adam Silver to – blocked the trade to the Lakers and, you know, feels that players and agents shouldn't be allowed to uh, collude to build super teams. And, and I just disagree. And I, I think, again, you have a lot of these older generation players. And I'm not going to say Barkley's jealous because I don't, he don't come across to me like he's jealous of anybody, but it can be interpreted as that because that's what an agent and a player is supposed to do, try to come up with a plan to build a team. I'm going to say this over and over again, and as we continue to build this platform, I really want to get this out on a national level, but I don't understand why it's okay for an owner and a general manager to build a super team or the best team possible, but when players get together to do it, it's such a problem. I just don't understand the logic. I've always said this. To me, for those of us who hoop, who play ball, you don't go to open gym and try to pick the worst team. So you can shoot all the balls and then win. No, you try to build a winner so you can stay on the court and run the gym. And it's no different than the NBA. I can't stress this enough. Guys do not win championships playing with average players or playing with bums. Even Isaiah Thomas's teams, those weren't bums, even though he was the only top 50 player on that team. Joe Dumars was still good. Young Dennis Rodman, Bill Lambeer, Vinnie Johnson coming off the bench. Mark Aguirre scoring the ball. John Sally. I mean, those were really, really good teams. Even the, the, the Detroit Pistons teams with Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Chase Sean Prince, Ben Wallace, who just uh, got voted to the Hall of Fame. Salute to him, big fella. Uh, Rasheed Wallace. You know, those teams are really good teams. So anybody else in history, though, look who Magic played with, Bird, et cetera. So I don't want to get too far off on the ramp, but I don't. I never understood that. And, I, again, I disagree with Charles. I don't know what he's talking about and why he feels like he needs to always come out and say these kind of things, man. He couldn't be 
any more wrong than than he is right there on that. So this is going to be an ongoing situation um, until July 1st. That's when the trade, you know, the players can sign with their new team. So as of right now, Anthony Davis remains a Pelican. Might as well just stick with the Pelicans right now. Uh, Miritich is on the move. He's joining Milwaukee. And I just thought this was a great, great pickup for Milwaukee. And Coach Budenholzer's system, and we were talking about it at, at, at nausea, about the spacing. And they just add another stretch for another shooter around Giannis. So now you have Lopez out there, Brooke Lopez stretching the floor. You have uh, now Miritich once he gets back healthy. You have Ila Silva. You have Chris Milliton. Even got um, I'm blanking on his name right now. The other guard, Tony Snell, who can come in and stretch the floor a little bit. So, I thought that was a fantastic move by Milwaukee to strengthen uh, their team and their roster as they make a push now to be taken serious as a a top contender to come out of the East and contend for a championship and try to knock off um, the Golden State Warriors. Staying in the East, the other big time, now we'll switch gears, excuse me, to the East. Another big time trade, of course, was the, was the Philly trade. Um, in the trade, they were able to get uh, Tobias Harris, Mike Scott, and Bogdan Majanovic, uh, if I'm pronouncing them wrong, my apologies, from the Clippers. They sent out Mike Muscala and um, Wilson Chandler to the Clippers. And um, the young player, um, Shamet, uh, forget his first name, but they sent him out as well. So, Philly, man, I wrote a nice piece on the blog, man, about Elden Brand. And, um, you know, I called it Elden Brand shows the Sixers he's the right brand. And the moves he's made this year as the first-year GM, some people didn't like the Harris move. They didn't like the fact that they gave up the two first-round picks. And maybe they shouldn't have gave up two first-round picks They that they threw in there. It's probably just giving up one. But I think Harris is a heck of an insurance policy. Now, if Jimmy Butler chooses not to resign because what threw a monkey rich and all of this, and we'll get to that uh, a little bit later, was the Kyrie situation when he came out. And now he's talking about he might not resign in, um, in Boston. And is, is he going to leave and go to New York? Is Butler going to join him? Is Butler going to possibly join KD in New York or maybe out in, the, in LA at the Clippers? Who knows? So, you know, I thought it was a great move personally uh, by Philly. Tobias Harris has one of the lowest usage rates of guys averaging over 20 points a game. So now they're just going to have to get on the same page chemistry-wise. They've won their first two games together, the one the other night against Denver, which has really been one of the surprises out the West, who's still number two in the West right now. At times, they turn the ball over a lot. They look kind of shaky a little bit, trying to, you know, overpassing, trying to be a little bit unselfish. But today they had a strong, strong performance against the Lakers as they blew them out by by over 23 points. And um, Joe M B finished with like 37, Butler had 15, Harris had 22, Reddick had like 21. And to me, for this to work, Butler's going to have to be that glue guy, that sacrifice guy. He might be that guy one night where he might get you 30 because he's very capable. But, like, today they didn't need him to get more than 17. Joel Embiid was rolling. Like, he was 12 for 16 from the field. So, I think if Butler can – I don't want to say keep his head because that sounds kind of harsh, but if he can just keep his cool – Philly really has a chance to really come out the East, man. And one thing about the upper echelon of the East at the trade deadline, they all made great moves, in my opinion, to benefit their team. Um, Philly, I already covered 
Milwaukee, Philly made the moves. Toronto goes out and they add Marcus Saul. They trade uh, Valis Yunus and DeLon Wright to Memphis, and they get Gasol. So now you pair him with Ibaka, who's been playing pretty well this year at the small ball five. But now he can go back out to the stretch four. You got Kawhi. You got Lowry. It was talks to them possibly moving Lowry, but they kept Lowry. You still have Siakam, who's – man, Siakam is so good, man. Siakam is going to be really, really good. And you was able to hold on to him. You was able to hold on to OG Ananobi. You was even able to hold on to Fred Van Vliet. So I like what Toronto did. I like what Philly did. Maybe what Phil, Milwaukee did. I just can't wait for the playoffs. It's going to be a super, super great playoff, especially in the Eastern Conference. Um, Boston, they stayed pat. They didn't do anything as expected. To me, I think the big haul is one to get a player like Davis. So unless they was able to get Davis, they weren't going to make any moves. And Boston, even though they lost the other night to the Clippers, blowing a 28-point lead, Kyrie was out, uh, got hurt in the second quarter with a knee injury, and it looks like that's not a serious injury, so thank God for that. He's going to be listed as day-to-day. But um, Boston has actually been playing well as of late. I'm going to look it up real quick to see where they are in the standings. So one of those teams, man, is going to have to go through each other. They're going to have to go through each other, those top four teams. And um, it's going to be interesting to see because, like I said, I like the moves that the teams made in the East. Yeah, Boston is fifth now, but they're only two games back behind the Pacers who are still playing well, even though uh, Depot prayers up to that young man. He suffered a very bad injury. I think he had a torn uh, quadricep that, or right where your, your quad connects to your knee. So he's going to be out, obviously, for the rest of the season. But the Celtics are only uh, two games behind the Pacers who are third right now. Uh, Milwaukee is still setting the pace at 41 and 14, and they actually currently have the best record in the NBA right now. So, um, like what the top teams did in the East, um, trying to think before I leave the East, is there anybody else I want to talk about? Oh, of course, I does that. <laughs> Got to talk about the Knicks. Um, the Knicks, as has already been announced, they traded Porzingis. Mixed reviews on this trade. A lot of people thought it was a success because now they were able to clear cap space. They was all able to get out Tim Hardaway Jr.'s bad contract. They was able to get out for Courtney Lee. In return, they got back DeAndre Jordan, a young Dennis Smith, who's still a very exciting young young guard prospect here in the lead. And it looks like Wesley Matthews, more than likely, along with Enos Cantor, is going to be um, bought out. For Dallas... Now it's all about convincing Porzingis that, hey, this organization is solid. The culture is great. We're going to pair you with one of the best young players in Yuka Doncic, who's, who's by far the best rookie this year. I ain't going to say by far because Trey Young has played well. Even Marvin Bagley is starting to turn it on a little bit. Jaron Jackson Jr. has been solid all season for um for Memphis. Even Wendell Carter in Chicago, he got hurt. But before, prior to his injury, he's played well as well. So, um, like what they did personally in New York, um, I wouldn't have gave away Porzingis that easy. Um, I kind of see some of the criticism about how they went about doing it, giving up your franchise, your young franchise player. But at the same time, from their side of things, he hasn't been healthy. He's been injured. Um, a lot of knickknacks, and then he had the major injury, of course, coming off the ACL. So maybe they felt like, hey, Let's see if we can clear the decks. Let's see if we can get um one of these 
two top free agents. And, of course, I always said they are talking about possibly getting KD, Kyrie, uh, Jimmy Butler is going to be out there. So we're going to have to see how that plays out. And maybe New York rolled the dice, and it might be – I think it was a great gamble. Me, personally, I don't know if I want to sign Porzingis long-term. A lot of injury concerns, especially when I know free agency in this type of class is going to be available. It might be worth rolling the dice to see if you can get one of these big-time superstar-type players like a Kevin Durant, like a Kyrie Irving, instead of waiting for Porzingis and building through the draft. So it might work out where they might end up being able to tank and still be able – because right now they're 10-45. and 45. They have the worst record in the league right now. And with the new – don't forget – the new lottery rules, the top three worst records, they're all going to have the same amount of ping-pong balls to try to get the one-one pick, which looks like it's going to be Zion Williamson now out of Duke. It used to be R.J. Barrett. His teammate was the um, the best prospect, but the way uh, Zion's been playing this season, it looks like a can't-miss prospect, a once-in-a-generation type, type player. So these teams are going to be tanking for him. So I don't think their moves are going to make them a better team like that even though they got a couple wins off the energy of the trade. So um, like what New York did, me personally, I love what they did. Uh, to my people here in Chicago, I don't know what to tell you. People were asking me, like, what are the Bulls doing? I don't know. I don't know why you trade Bobby Porras. I understand the Jabari situation. It obviously was not going to work out here. He was on a one-year deal basically anyway with a team option in year two. So they was able to move him. But to give up – those two guys, mainly Porter's, to take back Otto Porter, who still has a remainder, I want to say $55 million left on his deal. I'm going to look it up real quick just to make sure. But um, I don't – like I always say, man, it's a, it's a shame, man, because Bulls fans, they deserve better than this. But this is just, to me, in my opinion, it's just a poorly run franchise. It is what it is. The ownership is poor. And then – yeah, look at this. This year, Otto Porter's making $26 million, and then next year he makes $27, and then I want to say he has, yeah, he has a player option, which, I mean, I think he's going to opt in for for $28.4 because he was, to me, he shouldn't even got the money he got this year uh, with this contract, which was I think was he originally signed for $75 million. And, you know, Porter is my all-looks-great-in-warm-ups team. You know, him, um, Jeff Green, Andrew Wiggins, Rudy Gay kind of used to be on this team in and out. Like, he'll show up every little once in a while, then he'll get back off the team. And these these guys that have all the potential, all the size, they should be better what they are. You know, like, Andrew Wiggins will come down one time and have a great defensive play and then go down and dunk on somebody, and then you be like, wow, that was incredible. Then he'll have moments where you literally would not know he's on the court. Like, you just don't know he's out there. And – Porter is another one of those guys. I know it was talks in, in um, Washington about him wanting more shots and, you know, him and John Wall and all these other things, yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, I don't know why the Bulls would want to take on that kind of money. I don't know why they would trade uh, Porter's and, and take back Porter. It made absolutely no sense. I didn't get it at all. Uh, I thought it was one of the, the worst trades of the trade deadline. But, again, this is what we come to expect from the Chicago Bulls organization. And then it looks like once and for all, I'll say it till the end, it looks like the Markel Fultz saga is now is finally over. Um, he gets traded from Philly to Orlando Magic, and Philly was able to get another nice, solid bench guy, wing guy, 
I'm really high on in Jonathan Simmons. So, you know, for Fultz, he, he needed a fresh start. He finally got diagnosed for the injury, so he was rehabbing. I guess they didn't think the rehab was going well because they went on and punt on the number one pick after, excuse me, after two years. I mean, I did a whole podcast where the beginning of it was on Markel Fultz. You can go check it out. I want to say it's like episode 48 or 47. Go check it out. Very in-depth episode when I go into his injury and give you the whole timeline and this is by far one of the more bizarre stories we've ever seen in NBA history we've never seen nothing like this I thought Brett Brown's comments were very telling that I read the other day that he felt like he didn't have a chance or like it like to really coach him and the fans didn't obviously get to see him play but you know I thought that was interesting because you don't just coach during games like, a lot of coaching is done outside of the, you know, the game. You know, it's done during the the practice times, during the shooting rounds, during the film sessions, when you're traveling on the plane to other cities and spending time together as a, as a, as a team. That's when, you know, a lot of coaching tends to take place. So for him to make that kind of statement I thought was very interesting. And, again, the whole thing was strange from, you know, what – role did the the family really have the agent mixed reports about his injury and you know but bottom line I'm glad he got a fresh start I argue that he should have went down to the G League and play if we're going to have a developmental league in the NBA let's really use it as a developmental league let him get his confidence back let him get his body healthy let him get some reps so he'll be ready to go next season but they went on and decided hey we can't wait for Fultz, and I get it because they made the trade for Harris for Butler, and it's obviously that the organization is putting their chips and the pushing their chips in the middle to try to win a championship this season and be able to dethrone and upset the Golden State Warriors. So um, Fultz is now a member of the Orlando Magic. I'm rooting for him. Again, I can't say this enough. Go watch his YouTube college highlights, man. It's almost like it's not the same person. You know, it's like um, – like an alien or somebody <laughs> took over his body and just made him play and just do weird things, man, because the guy was the number one pick for a reason. It's not hindsight and all this. Like, everybody wants to say, well, Tatum was the better prospect. No, it was clear that Fultz was the number one pick, and it was unanimous. Everybody felt the same way. Now, I wouldn't have done the trade that Philly did and gave up the pick, you know, uh, with Boston, but that's neither here nor there. But Fultz definitely – Definitely was one of the best prospects in that draft. And in my opinion, had every right to go number one. I'm not going to do revisionist history and do all that kind of stuff. At the time, Fultz was definitely a bona fide, looked like a bona fide all-star, possibly an all-NBA type prospect. So some of the other trades I wanted to talk about real quick, I liked what the Rockets did, man. They were able to get Shumpert, which I thought was a really good trade. Um, they was able to get off Brandon Knight's contract as he tries to come back from the ACL injury. And prior even to trading for Shumpert, Daryl Morey did it again. He was able to sign Kenneth Fareed. And Kenneth Fareed has been like a shot in the arm with his energy. And shouts out to him for being a professional, being ready to go. You know, it shows you, you know, especially kids, that you never know when your opportunity is going to present yourself. And that's anything in life. You know, sometimes in life we walk around and we're waiting for people to do things or things to fall out the sky, but you got to be able to take advantage of every opportunity when it presents itself, and that was definitely the case with Fareed. So now they got Fareed. Capella should be back after the all-star break from the uh, the hand injury. I think he had his thumb uh, thumb issue with the ligament. Um, they look great, even though they lost the, other, the last night to OKC 
Paul George had 45. Paul George, salute to him, has just been playing incredible. But Houston, I like the moves they did. I don't know. I, I really think they blew their chance last year. And I want to say blew it like it was they fought like that. They didn't shoot the ball well, but – I really believe if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, I think the Rockets beat the Warriors and win that series. But now Chris Paul's a year older. Um, Harden is playing out of his mind right now. Can he keep all this up? I don't know. But as far as trades go and signing players, I liked what uh, Maury did. He was able to get Fareed again off off waivers, off the scrap heap, so to speak. He trades for Schumpert. Um I like what Sacramento did. They were able – in the process of uh, trading Shumper, they was able to get um, Harrison Barnes from Dallas. And I'm going to talk about his situation and my additional speak on it. But I like what they did as they make a playoff. They're trying to make a playoff push this year. They've been playing really exciting basketball over there, led by the exciting backcourt of De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hill. And um, actually, too, um, Harry Giles has been playing well. Mark Marvin Bagley had a breakout game against the Spurs the other night. Willie Cauley-Stein has been solid for them. You know, just a really, really, really solid ball club over there. I'm trying to look up the standings real quick to see where they are. I want to say last time I checked, they were definitely in the eighth seed. But I want to – I mean, not the eighth seed. They were in the ninth seed. But I, I want to kind of make sure to see if they if they moved up and how many games were they out of the eighth seed. Um, pulling it up right now as we speak. Yeah, they're one game behind the Clippers that currently sent eighth. So they're 29 and 26 in the tough Western Conference. So adding a player like Harrison Barnes, that would be very good for them on the wing. Um, trying to think, anybody else in the West Coast? The Lakers were able to add uh, Reggie Bullock and um, Mike Muscala. So that will help them with some shooting. Um, it will help them stretching the floor. So, you know, a lot of, lot of movement, a lot of things in the trade deadline that, Again, the East, the top four teams really, to me, added some great pieces to improve and strengthen their ball club. So now we just got to sit back, let the season play out. Hopefully, knock on wood, you hear me knocking, that everybody stays healthy going into the uh, the playoff season. So we're going to pause real quick, take a quick break. More to come from the Off the Glass podcast. Welcome back to the Off the Glass podcast, and we're going to close out this episode with our latest installment of Speak On It. And as I stated at the top of the show, I'm going to talk about player empowerment. Everybody's been talking about this. It's a new term at the media kind of term. And, um, you know, I kind of hit, hit on it a little bit when I was talking about players being able to build their own super teams and team up and let me first say I'm all for player empowerment. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's a great thing. But a couple things that came out of some of the storylines that um, I want to kind of offer my opinion on. The main one, of course, was the the issue with KD and the media on Golden State, how he went on a rant after the game and how he was obviously visibly, visibly upset talking about why we want to talk about free agency every day and – I just want to play basketball and I want to be the best teammate, the best player I can be and telling the media people that they basically need to grow up. So if you don't know the background story, basically there's a writer that has been around the ball club for a number of years, even prior to KD's arrival. His name is Ethan Strauss. He used to actually work for ESPN. Now he writes for The Athletic and has his own podcast. And he kind of wrote this piece 
as if he spoke to KD. That like that's the impression I got. That's the impression that KD got about free agency and leaving and all these different things. And it really kind of rubbed KD the wrong way. And I could see why because. You know, he was just trying to be clever in the piece and kind of offer his own take. But the way he did write it was almost like he talked to Kevin Durant. And nobody's talked to Durant. Now, I will say this in being fair. If I was KD, I would have just addressed the one writer. I wouldn't have froze out the media because whether they like it or not, it's part of their job requirement is to speak to the media. So this whole idea that he people were saying on Twitter he don't owe the media anything, actually he contractually does. That's part of what goes along with it. At the same time, he has to understand if you sign one-year player option deals from year to year in the era of trying to fill time with all the social media, uh, the different outlets, the podcast, you know, this is a never-ending news cycle now. It's not like when some of us were growing up where the American flag, you know, the national anthem would come on and the TV would cut off. No, like ESPN, social media, blog sites is nonstop. So nowadays, people in a lot of ways, in some cases, are more intrigued by the off-the-court stories like free agency than the game than the game itself. So for him to be upset and be naive and, and say, well, why we got to talk about free agency? It's like, come on, bro. You got to kind of, in my opinion, handle that a little bit better, man. If I was him, I would have hollered at that, that one um, reporter that you had an issue with and say, hey, don't write that kind of that kind of article like me and you had a conversation. I would address the media like, hey, I get that free agency is a, is going to be a topic going forward. I get it. it. It is what it is. It's the era that we play in. But I'm not going to answer any questions about my future. I'm focused on this season. I currently play for the Golden State Warriors. I love my time here. and I love playing here in uh, Golden State. I don't want to say time here because it makes it sound like he's leaving, but you know what I'm saying, people, that he enjoys doing what he's doing right now, and he's focused on winning a championship and doing historic and becoming some a part of history, and that's winning three straight championships in a row. There's only a handful of teams that's done that in NBA history. The Chicago Bulls, uh, led by Jordan and Scottie Pippen. The Lakers, led by Shaq and Kobe. Of course, Bill Russell's team. So for them, the, the Duncan-led teams, they never won three in a row. So he's in, in line to do something great, and he wants to obviously focus on that. But KD, bro, you got to understand that in this game, you can't just play basketball and make the money. The media part is a great is also a part of it. And if you're somebody that doesn't want to talk to the media, doesn't feel comfortable, that's great. But at the same time, you got to be able to handle your business. You got to expect people to um, ask you questions. And that even goes to the next point when I was talking about Kyrie. You know, Kyrie came out and said that basically uh, they was asking him about his impending free agency now. And Kyrie basically was like, I don't owe anybody SHIT. And I was like, wow, really, Kyrie? Now, the part that I understand about these guys is they always put themselves in the, in the trick bag. When Kyrie was in front of the event the Celtics had in the preseason, I want to say it was like for the ticket holders and other fans, he came out and said nobody pressured him, nobody asked him any questions that basically like if you guys will have me, I would love to re-sign in Boston. He put that kind of pressure on him. So now to kind of be irritated that people are asking you about the free agency surrounding all the Anthony Davis stuff that was going on, again, all he had to say was right now, um, I know what I said earlier in the season. I didn't forget. But right now we're in the middle of the season. I'm focused on doing what I need to do to put us in position to try to contend and win a championship. As far as July 1st, we'll talk about July 1st when that gets here. I, again, I know what I said 
But right now, I'm focused on this team and just leave it at that. And then when people want to keep asking you questions, you just dead and said, I've already gave you my statement. I'm not going to address that anymore. Does anybody have any questions about uh, tonight's game or maybe if it was done in practice, tonight's matchup or our next games or our upcoming road trip or whatever? But we're going to talk about basketball. To me, that's all the way these guys have to handle this. But to act like the media is drawing up stories, and in some cases they do. But then the impending free agency, guys, you guys got to understand that it's here to stay. Also, LeBron commenting on Harrison Barnes about how, you know, you guys talk about loyalty and this, then the third, and, you know, then you trade him in the middle of the game. First of all, Harrison Barnes knew he was going to be traded prior to the game. They came and told him, but he elected to play anyway. So, again, before we make these statements, let's get the stories and get the information right. Harrison Barnes did not get traded in the middle of the game unbeknownst to him. He knew he was getting traded and like a professional and like somebody who loves the game. He wanted to come out and play anyway. And that's just what it was. It wasn't no deeper than that. On the flip side, again, this is why I back the players. That's why this podcast is about perspective. You had Ryan Anderson, who was one of the smaller deals. He ends up in Miami, um, but he had – renegotiated, restructured his contract to go to Phoenix to play. He wanted to play in Phoenix. He gave up $5 million to play in Phoenix, and then ownership screws him and trades him anyway. And the same, they did the same thing to the Morris twins. See, people didn't understand that story. People thought they just wanted to play together because they was twins and they was upset that they got couldn't play anymore and that that's part of the business. No, of course they wanted to play together, but the, the reason why they was really upset was they both signed deals that were team-friendly so they could be allowed to play together. So they sacrificed money so they could stay together, and then the Suns reneged on them and traded them anyway once they signed these team-friendly contracts that made them very, very good tradable contracts and end up selling, uh, trading them anyway. So that's why to bring this back full circle, I always will support the players. I'm all for player empowerment, but players, you have to understand, and I'll have to tell you guys this, you guys making all the money, y'all have all the pressure, but you can't be emotional. Handle your business like men that I know that you are. Handle it with integrity. Handle it try to be void of emotion. And I know sometimes that's easier said than done when people are messing with you. You feel like they're messing with their family. But again, we're not teenagers. We're grown men. So when people step up to the plate and want to come up with these stories, address that one media member. Let everybody know where you stand. LeBron does this well. I will give LeBron a lot of credit. He does this well when it comes to stating what his intentions are, what they not. Last year when he came in with Cleveland, he said, hey, this is first press conference. We're going to talk about this right now. I'm going to answer these questions the best way I see fit. And after that, we're not going to talk about this no more. He deaded everything right away. You know, sometimes you got to play the long game and play the game of chess, not checkers. So just wanted to drop by, close out the week, give my thoughts on the trade deadline. Sorry I didn't come earlier right during the deadline. It's been a busy week. A lot of family issues. Um had a family emergency with my daughter but thank god everything was well wasn't anything major but something that we did have to take care of so she's doing well so that's great to see so again everybody enjoy your monday because today is sunday as i record this i'm gonna be posting this tomorrow so enjoy your week be productive love each other be safe everybody enjoy their week this is your boy z signing off from the off the glass podcast peace Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. 
We do it right too with deals to help you save every day. Like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one and a half cubic foot bag of Miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5 1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8 ounce pots. Valid in store only. See store for details. US only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day. Like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one and a half cubic foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.